No, no, you don't have a cent. You listen to me. You have a gift. You have power. And with great power, there must also come great responsibility. Oh, she said it, she did. Welcome back to the Blood and Black Run podcast. Ryan from ColdSploitation.com, and I'm joined with my co-host, Martin. How's it going? I'm oh, doing pretty well. We are uh, back. We, we've been doing week to week here. Um, we've been, you know, just going to town, covering movies that we've been wanting to do for quite some time. And we've, we're back with another one. We're going to do another movie that we've, we've like, kind of like Scream from last week, where we've, we've been itching to do it for some time. Haven't had a chance to because we didn't get to the movie theaters, but now that it's out on, you know, on demand, we're able to do it. And we've done the whole series, too, of this this film series, so it was a one that we definitely wanted to get to. If you remember, you know, we did quite a few Marvel movies. We did um, a lot of the DC movies, too, but at a certain point, like during COVID, we kind of, like, fell off with that. We... There were just so many movies coming, being pumped out, coming out, and uh, we didn't have a chance to do all of them. And so we missed a few in the Marvel series. We missed like um, Black Widow. Uh, we missed the <coughs> Shang was, Shang Chi. I was gonna say we've done everything um, up until from Phase Three except um, Guardians. Guardians Two. Yeah, because I still haven't seen a Guardians film. Yeah, so we kind of fell off with that, but. Uh, we want to get back to it at least for this this movie because we, money <laughs> for money, <laughs> yeah, right. Disney dollars, yeah. I, and it, we're not even counting like all the the movies or the TV shows that are on Disney Plus, uh, which we don't plan on covering because that's just too much to do. It's it's almost I too much for me <clears throat> to keep up with just watching well, those I'm, shows. Well, that's why I'm like, like I've said before, like Star Wars. I know so many people are like, you know, excited about all the stuff with Star Wars, which I would be, but at the same time, it's like, you know what? This is too over, over overwhelming. Like five shows to keep up with. No, sorry. Well, I'll pass. The Mandalorian was good. The um, new one with the Boba Fett series was okay. Basically, basically became Mandalorian like season two point five. Uh, and then the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is coming soon in May. So we'll see how that goes. And that's funny, too, because I am concerned that I'm going to watch the Obi-Wan show and not know what the fuck is going on. Because I do not have... It's funny because I, I watch the Star Wars shows, but I do not have like the background with the movies. <laughs> I think the only movies you've seen is Solo and Rogue One. <laughs> no, and I've seen... Um, I've seen... I really have seen the... The original trilogy um just a really long time ago and i did watch a new hope pretty recently but it's been a long time since i've seen the other two um 
particularly Return of the Jedi. Uh, it's been a really long time since I've seen it. I, and I really only saw it like once or twice when I was a lot younger. Um, so I am interested in watching Obi-Wan, but I am concerned that I will not know what the hell is going on with it. Listen. There's too much any, more. Any, any Star Wars fan worth their salt will tell you Empire's the best. Mm-hmm. And if you say otherwise, uh, you're wrong. But we're talking about a different franchise today. We're talking about the Spider-Man franchise. That's right. Sam Raimi Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we're talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, the third film in the trilogy of Peter Parker trying to find a home. And you know oh, what? I, I was has I, a home. I was going to say, I was going to call it the Happy Hogan trilogy. <laughs> Because John, Fav- yeah. John Favreau is the glue. Happy Hogan every- gets out of an abusive relationship with Tony Stark because he's dead. Happy Hogan <laughs> finds Peter Parker and helps him out. Happy Hogan finds love with Marissa Tomei. And in No Way Home, Happy falls out of love and experiences another tragic loss. It's the Happy Trilogy. <laughs> It's his character arc, to be honest. Yeah, right. Exactly. This is him setting him up to be a big supervillain. All of a sudden, happens. No, like, I would. I you know would. I would mind. The world I, is terrible. It's, that's, it's evil. That's the Marvel show I want. I don't want WandaVision. I want the Happy Hogan show, where it's just like, what adventures will Harold Hogan go on today? <laughs> no, it's the home trilogy. The where, where Peter Parker tries to find a home when he doesn't realize he already has one. Because Marissa home Tomei, is where, yeah, home is said, where Marissa Tomei yeah. is. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna go with uh, from Joe Dirt, all the way, Amanda. You like to see homos naked? No, 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 all the way, Amanda. So, no way home. Um, well, I should say we we've done the other two. We did Homecoming, we did Far From Home, um, and I think our enjoyment of those movies kind of increased as the series went on, right? Like, because I really enjoyed Homecoming, but I don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie in the series. Uh, Far From Home came along, and I, and I think we enjoyed that quite a bit. And that was like in a time where we sort of got into this rut of superhero movies, where lots of superhero movies were coming out at the same time, and we were kind of like, oh, you know, like there's another one we've got to go see. And that was including the DC movies that were coming out. Wow. I had to look up. I totally forgot uh, who even the fucking villain was in Homecoming. You don't remember? I don't. I vaguely remember Michael Keaton. Yeah, of course. Michael Keaton. Reprising Jack Frost. Oh, I was going to say the founder of McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, I, I, my enjoyment of the movie, of the series, went up each iteration. And then we get to No Way Home, um, which is kind of the oh. end of the line. What's that? Well, speaking of, what, you know what, now that I think about it, they never exposited upon at the ending of Homecoming. I can't remember who they ran into into the prison at the end that was locked away when Vulture was getting locked up, mm-hmm. when Keaton was getting locked up. Oh yeah, but it was the, um, it was the one guy from um. Oh, Black Panther. Never mind. It was, was it? 
I, yeah, I think he does was, show up again. Yeah, in Black. Well, it's not. It's not. Um, I don't know. I can't remember now. But it was it was the the guy from um, Better Call Saul. Right. Yeah, there right, we go. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Nacho, just, yeah. He just redlined there for a second. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's geez, been five. You were so excited about that. But, yeah, I don't really remember. Well, it's been if, five, if it's been five goddamn years. I don't really okay? remember. Yeah, I don't remember if a thing came of that or not. I don't think good, it ever it's a good. Uh, it's a good question. I don't remember. Um, but, but going into No Way Home, I was definitely excited. And, uh, you know, now that we're watching it a long time after it's released, we have the... Um, the privilege of knowing that other people thought this was a really, really good movie. And, um, you know, going into it, I was definitely excited, but I think I really, really, really ended up enjoying no way home a lot. And I think it may end up becoming my favorite Spider-Man movie of this trilogy. Um, obviously nothing can top the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's because they're just so amazing, serious, funny. Toby Maguire plays a great emo Spider-Man, but um, how do you? You don't even remember that. You even said like I don't I even remember what happened remember, in Spider-Man. I 3. vaguely remember that you know he went through a phase of <clears throat> My Chemical Romance, but uh, yeah. Uh, but but I like I really really enjoyed No Way Home. I'll start off by saying that before we we talk about the movie more in depth. I really really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought I think it's a really fun movie. Um, and we're going to talk about the ways that I think it's fun, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about what led up to you watching it, your expectations, and your ultimate takeaways before we talk details about the movie. Um, this is a horrid film. <laughs> I do not recommend it. It pisses all over the legacy of so many. Wow. Um, Marvel needs to r- wrap up shop. <laughs> That's my review. That's it. All right. Well, yeah. I guess we're done then. Yeah. That was an easy, quick episode. Thanks for listening. Ten minutes long. Well, well okay. Well, all right. Fine. You want an honest one then. Uh, I My expectations going into this, um, I knew vaguely what the premise was. I knew who would be there. I kind of, like, But spoilers overall, though, stayed away. Stayed away from. But, I mean, I had pretty high expectations for it to be like, not like a great film, but a solid, enjoyable film because the Spider-Man, you know, films so far in the Marvel Universe have uh, been incredibly solid and delivered. So, you know, they can make Jake Gyllenhaal entertaining in twenty, you know, nineteen. They can probably make this entertaining too. Why do you? Why are you say that? They could make Jake Gyllenhaal entertaining because Jake Gyllenhaal is a ter- terribly. Not great actor. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think he's a pretty good actor in some in some scenarios. I think that you know that some of his uh, more recent output has been questionable as from a from a so like, so the day but. so the day after tomorrow wasn't questionable out. No, like I said, I I think that because that's not his, recent. That's well, not recent. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's fairly recent. I would consider it recent in the scheme of things, but it's like two thousand eight. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that he does have some good and bad qualities. I don't think he was terrible in Spider Man. Um, far from home, or yeah, far from home. He's like a poor. He's a poor man's Tobey Maguire. 
with that like doughy eyed like look of like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> Stuff's happening. <laughs> yeah. But Toby Maguire was in Pleasantville, so he'll forever and always be. Yeah, so you can you can forgive on that one. Well, I mean, Pleasantville's. I mean, well, one, Toby Maguire's great, and two, Pleasantville's a fantastically underrated film. Yeah. So that one that I love. So. But no, I like like it. You know, I did expect you know this to be a fun romp of a film, and it did it, it did deliver. So good. All, all joking aside. All right, so we will uh, take a break before we get into the details about the movie. And let's talk about the beer that we have on the show today, because we do have a new beer today. Went out and got it myself. We have the Nelson Plus Matuka Bomb from Sloop Brewing. And um, Are you I, sure you're pronouncing that hop right? Motuka. That's my guess. I don't really see a, another way to pronounce it. Motuka. But if there is, someone can can correct me on that. I just don't see another way to pronounce it. But, so, I don't know. Have we had Sloop on here before? Yes, we have. I get a lot of Sloop, but I can't remember if we had it or we, not. Yeah, every time you usually get one, we do it on the... All right. Fair we enough. We do it guess i just don't remember we do so many but um obviously i'm a big fan of sloop uh have it quite a bit try to grab all their new stuff um when it comes out um they make a lot of ipas and um mainly known for the juice bomb yeah known for the juice bomb that's right we have had them on there because i remember talking about this before they make a lot of ipas and what it generally boils down to is like, yep, that's a sloop. Tastes like a sloop. Feels like a sloop. It's a sloop. Um, and what that means is they make a lot of similar tasting beers. And all of those beers are good. With the, with the granted that they, they, they'd all taste very similar. Um, and, and if you like, and that's the, the case with all IPAs really. Right. So like, especially when you get into like the Nipas and things like that, when you're just shuffling around different types of like, here's what I think happens at these breweries. They have a, a deck of cards and they write hops on them, <laughs> shuffle that deck of cards up, deal out two or three and say, that's the next one we're making this combo. And that's what they do. And, um, so that's kind of like why everything kind of tastes somewhat samey because you're you're mixing and matching hops and and then sometimes you know with different types of hops the the characteristics are are limited in scope or if you're not a super taster and I'm not and I know you've said you're not um it is sometimes hard to distinguish the taste and and not only that um it's hard to put into words the different taste Look, I, I, I just used untapped. I don't pretend to be one of these fucking vintners on there. Like, right, you know, right. And I sit. agree as well. I'm not. I'm not. What I can say, though, is that the Nelson plus Matuka Bomb does have a distinctive taste to it. It is not the samey Nipa with, like, citrus burst flavors um, with, like, a particular style of grapefruity nature to it because a lot of the nipas 
that are being released when they have like the citra hops and stuff, they kind of all tend towards like more of a grapefruit flavor. And I don't get that from Nelson and Matuka. Uh, it's definitely a different sort of flavor uh, that's more on the scope of like kiwi. Um, I don't know, like I'm thinking kiwi and like nectarine. Just uh, took another sip to get, but what I can say is like there's not there is a definite difference in the hop profile here that I think works pretty well. Um, it does have a, a higher bitterness than than, than I think some of the other um, citra based hop IPAs have. Um, that I think I'm and I'm not sure either which one it's coming from. Is it from Nelson or Matuka? I don't have a good enough. Uh, taste bud to know which is which here. I have well, had. Well, I don't. Th- I, I was say I don't think. I mean, at least I, I had. We've had a couple of beers with Nelson hops. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any with Matuka. Could be wrong. I, I've but. had the Matuka bomb. So Sloop also makes one that's an individual Matuka bomb, and it's just Matuka. Um, but I cannot really recall what that particular one tasted like. But I, 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 but. What I'm saying is I, I like this Nelson and Matuka. I think it's really good. Um, I think it's a little bit different from other Sloop uh, Nipas that they've released. So if you're looking for something like that, this is like one of those to, to check out. At the same time, though, I would say that I don't think that the Nelson and Matuka is my favorite blend of hop, if that makes sense. No, it does. I think I think one of the reasons why I like this, um, I do really like this one a lot, Um and again, I think I think it would be um, to kind of restate what we said. We said like they're not sloop makes beers that are sloopy and they're good, but I think kind of got to strike that they're not good. They're always very good. They're not. I've never had a below you know an average beer from sloop. They're always you know very good to you know great depending on what they're trying. And I do appreciate this mashup because especially with nipas and this is a nipa. You tend to, as you said, with like the citra hops, you tend to get like a very standardized, like this is grapefruity, orangey, tangerine, like very, you know, standard citrus taste. Here, it's not really, there's no real citrus, citrusiness to it at all. It's very, it, I would, you know, kiwi would probably be like, as you said, like that's actually, I'm glad you said it because I would have been like sitting around for forever kind of trying to think of like what fruit am I getting here? Well, it is on the can too. Well, I didn't read it because readings for <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, like there's a picture of a kiwi. <laughs> I don't look at them. I just crack them open. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, but I mean, it's it's good that you said that because I mean, you definitely you know that's what I get. One of the hops again. I I don't know if it's the Matuka, the Nelson, or both. You definitely do get a more hoppy bitterness to it, which is you know kind of surprising because it's only six percent. But it's not just hoppy and like piney. It's dank, like you're drinking a fiddlehead. And I think that pairing with like the kiwi and the nipa style, that's great. And it makes it like you know different enough to like for me to be like this is something like I, I like because that's kind of, again, Sloop does a hell of a lot of nipas. They're always very good to great, but. You get like you know stuck in a rut because like as you said they're like picking like one little thing to change uh, in the process to kind of change it so it's still great 
but it's not like that, you know, different. Here, I think you got a different enough beer that makes it stand out as a night, because I don't really know any night was off the top of my head. <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, excuse you. Excuse me. I don't really know any night was off the top of my head that, you know, really go for a more dank, basement-y, basement-y, like, uh, skunkiness to it. Mm-hmm. Like, and not skunkiness as in, like, you know, like, oh, the beer skunked, but, like, you know, uh, dope. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that, I like, like I said, I like it a lot. I, I gave it a four on untapped. It's, and it's very easily drinkable. Um, refreshing. It's delightful. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Sloop Brewing. Nelson. And oh, yeah. There is a Kiwi. Yeah, there is yeah, a Kiwi. A kiwi, kiwi right on there. Yeah. Yeah. The bo- yeah. It's supposed to cue you in. It's like, hey, there might be a Kiwi flavor. Would here. you describe that like as dank, though? Because you said, you said like, hoppy. Like, um, for me, it's like dank. It is slightly dank. Yeah. Um, I think that Fiddlehead has, like, probably the dankest ipa that i've had i don't know what hop they use in that but it is such a dank taste to it this doesn't come close to that but i do get uh some somewhat dank flavor to it um so wait so you're saying that it's even more dank than the hemperer the hemperer is really dank too (laughs) yeah it's actually been a while since i've had the hemperer but that one is i don't think i don't think i would say i don't think voodoo ranger even makes that anymore yeah but the uh Remember that other hemp beer that we had? The malt be- beverage? Oh, the, the malt liquor hemp? Oh, that was awful. <laughs> that was an awful one. That that was, <laughs> I wouldn't even consider called dank. It was something else entirely. It was like the you harvested the fungus from your basement dank. It's like the worst of the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I wonder if they still make that. I, I, don't I, don't think I've, I don't think I've seen it in forever. I don't but, know oh, how God. Much it was selling. You know, like, I don't know who I don't know who thought to pair like wow yeah you know you know who usually dr- you know who drinks malt liquor the poors you know what the poors like to do when they drink smoke too so let's make a you know nice yeah I know <laughs> hemp Just thinking about malt it malt liquor oh, yeah gives me the shivers I think that was one of the only beers that I can't finish. It's not beer, it's malt liquor. It's true. It's different. All right, let's get into our No Way Home conversation. Spider-Man No Way Home. Don't forget the... Spider-Dash-Man. Everybody forgets the hyphen in his name. You better hyphen it. Get it correct. He's not not literally a Spider-Man. He's Um, Spooder-Man. Yeah. Well, so let's start off with the the first thing that I really like about this movie is that it picks up like pretty much directly after the end of of uh, Far From Home, where uh, Peter has um, you know vanquished Mysterio. Mysterio dies, and now everybody knows who Spider Man's identity, what Spider Man's identity is. They know he's Peter well, Parker. It's pretty much plastered everywhere. I got a question. Did No Way Home happen after Infinity War? Um, that's a good question. I, I think it's it. It's see, it's vague because it I is, can't. Uh, it is vague because I think it must have had to have because because Homecoming came out before. I think it had Inf- to have happened after because uh, people in this 
movie mention it quite a bit. You know, like, oh, my, my relatives are gone for five years, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, like, that, the film doesn't leave room for that to have occurred if Infinity War happens. Um, oh, wait, there it is. Endgame and then Far From Home came out after. Okay, okay yeah, so. yeah, right. Because I, I was going to say, it doesn't the timeline would not make sense otherwise. So I really like how this movie picks up right after far from home and it kind of dives right into that issue of peter parker's identity has been basically plastered everywhere and now he's got to deal with the consequences of everyone knowing that he's spider-man and what does he do with that um and so i don't i don't don't get why that's a big deal everyone knew who fucking iron man was well so i think that the big deal for him is that they just won't fucking leave him alone right like like that's the biggest thing he knows that the and then the film kind of goes into that in in uh, small part uh, where you know the the fact that everybody knows he's Peter Parker is is okay, but it's the fact that his family is drawn into this. His family and friends really are drawn into this, and they are being punished for even associating with Spider Man because J- Jonah Jameson has done a really good job of kind of like co opting. Spider-Man name into people and making people think that he's he's not a good guy and that he actually was responsible for killing Mysterio um, and and then also obviously Mysterio in Far From Home you know corrupting how people thought about Spider-Man um, and so th- that all kind of feeds into it uh, and the, the film shows what kind of consequences that has because then uh, you know MJ and Ned, they're not able to get into MIT because they have an association with Spider-Man. And while oh no, oh no, not getting well, into MIT. Well, not even MIT, but like pretty much every college they they had applied to, they all got turned down. And the, the last you know what was MIT. You know what? Good. You, you saved yourself two hundred grand in fucking student loan debt. Congratulations. That is you, true. You know, you know what? You, they should be f- throwing themselves at Peter. Like, thank you, thank you. You saved us from an, from a uh, miserable existence of going to school to get a job to get a job to pay for school. Yeah, I'll be out of school with my doctorate when I'm 28 years old and start off with 400 grand in debt. <laughs> but the film, if, 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 if these kids can invent like stuff like like they can like we see throughout, like you, you don't need to go to MIT. Okay, you can you go know create a startup app, right? Yeah. Go to your community college, make, you know, the, the book face of your uh, multiverse timeline and, you know, right. money. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, but I think the film does go into that, that, that part of, it, of why it matters that the world knows that he's, he's Spider-Man. Because it's not so much about him, but it's about the people that it affects. And that affects his girlfriend, it affects his friend, affects his aunt may um and and so that's really the ultimate issue and so i like that at the beginning of the movie the the whole thing is fairly um light-hearted right like it's you know it's a problem but it's not something that they're trying to solve um with like a a nuclear option um it's just like oh you know this is inconvenient we had to move in with happy happy has a cpap machine that's annoying. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's fairly lighthearted at the at the start, and I I feel like you know like that's a lot of how Marvel movies start out. It's you know lighthearted comedy that turns into more 
uh, darker approaches to the. To the I will topic. say. I will. I will say though. Like it, I mean, it is when you think about it, it's a ridiculous premise though, because like okay, fine, you find out Peter Parker's super Spider Man. Sorry, <laughs> Superman. Oh. That would you find be a out, revelation. You, in this movie. you find you find out he's Spider Man. Okay, did like people like go find like John Wayne Gacy's parents and like you fucking got us here? You know, no, because you can't. You know, that's stupid. That's stupid. You know, well, so it's kind of I, mean, I don't know. You, that's that far fetched though. And not only that too, because again, you also live in a world of superheroes. The Avengers have been a thing for like twenty years in this goddamn like you know franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- people should be like adjusted to this by now. So like the whole everyone's like, oh, you know who who Spider Man is? Like, who should like get, people in New York and the world have better things to do than worry about that? And then like be like, oh, well, we can't let her girlfriend, his girlfriend, get into MIT because uh, she's affiliated with Spider Man. Well, you mean, know who only helped beat Thanos and well, uh, you know a bunch of other things. Well, I mean, who cannot think about this though? When J. Jonah Jameson standing in for Joe Rogan is constantly broadcasting his, you know, his really. Calls. I was thinking, I was, I was thinking more like O'Reilly slash. Well, it is kind of like Tucker, O'Reilly, but it's like Tucker Carlson. It, it's kind of like all of those, but then you get like the Joe Rogan because there's like the the nutrient supplement that he advertises too. No, that's that was, I was gonna say that's more like Alex Jones. Um, Alex Jones, Joe Rogan, like has, beaver milk. I don't really listen, but he has like this testosterone protein thing that he advertises constantly for like brain nutrition and so i was getting that kind of idea from from uh what he i think it's like an amalgamation of all of them a a, a terrible 50 headed hydra of poor personalities <laughs> that, I, that i think it was going for going for the right yeah well, no you're not wrong but no i mean like so i mean I mean, look, I, I'm willing to accept the premise. I'm fine with it. It's not like that, like, throwing out, like, throw me out of my enjoyment of the film. But when you think about it, it is, like, fucking stupid, though. Well, I think, though, that's that's the point of it being such a lighthearted opening is that, like, yeah, it's a inconvenience. But in the scheme of things, it's not really that big of a deal, right? And so when that brings Peter to Doctor Strange... Well, you're you're missing the whole part where the Department of Damage Control comes in, you know, needs to try to arrest Peter. Yeah, for for, for killing Mysterio in Italy. Well, I mean, that part of it is a little far fetched, and that's why he gets off the hook. And and we also get a little Daredevil uh, cameo there too. Best part of the film. I can't wait for Ben Affleck to reprise his role as Daredevil. <laughs> That wasn't Ben Affleck. When we get, well, we will get him though. But what about Jen, Jennifer Garner as Electra too? Yeah. Right? That's yeah. But uh, I mean, once we get to that that point where where Peter goes to seek out Doctor Strange, you know, I, again, he's just asking like, is there a way that we can re reset this? Right? Can we just, you know, go back in time and fix it and make sure that nobody knows who I am and and that's that. And you know, so. When Doctor Strange says no, we really can't be just meddling around with with time structures. Um, that should be it, right? But the, but but the uh, the the one th- uh, thing that Wong says about forgetting sets this whole thing in motion. Of oh wait, maybe we can just make people 
forget that you were, you know, Peter Parker or Spider-Man. They just won't know anymore. And I think that, like, that's where the idea of No Way Home going from a lighthearted movie to more of, like, the darkness works really well because it's, like, a, just an accidental thing that gets set in motion. It's uh, It's meant to just be like a one-off spell right like something easy that we can just reset people's minds and then that spirals out of control does, does that sound easy that doesn't sound it doesn't easy. sound even easy it should be easy. easy for dr strange but even for the sorcerer supreme that sounds like a kind of like oh let me cast a fucking spell that yeah i mean I, I i think that the the biggest issue here is that dr strange kind of takes it in stride that he's just gonna do this spell and he has, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't write anything down. He doesn't, he doesn't take a, a census from Peter. Uh, wh- so what do you want this spill to do? Uh, let's well, make a, I, let's 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 do a, a Venn diagram of overlap <laughs> here. Let's do a pros and cons list of like well, you, making you, sure that you know what you want. You would think the Sorcerer Supreme and a former surgeon would do that. However, though, if it is that simple, which I mean, I guess I guess you're right. It is like simple enough because he doesn't really bat an eye. Like, okay, fine, we'll make you know people forget. It makes it seem you know? easy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but I mean, the fact you know Peter being the stupid fucking child that he is has to constantly be like, oh, it had this, and oh, it had that, and had this, and had that, and had this, and that. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think- I, 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 I feel Doctor Strange's frustration. I'd be like, listen, you little shit. Okay, like. Stop. <laughs> and you like Benedict Cumberbatch in this. You think he does a great job, right? I love Doctor Doctor Strange so far is turning out to be like my favorite of the heroes in the Marvel universe. The, like the one critique I remember saying from like when we did the film is he went from amateur to master in no time, yeah. mm-hmm. which is still kind of annoying. But buying the fact that he now is, I mean, technically he's not the Sorcerer Supreme, but, you know, Wong is, but he's, you know, he's the Sorcerer Supreme. <clears throat> like, all the thi- like, all the things he can do, I like, it's really cool. Like, all the, you know, things like how he can constrain time and, the, like, you know, the spells and everything. I, I love him, and I can't wait to see a kind of, like, more from him because, like, he's such an interesting part of the Marvel Universe and that... Also, throughout these films, he's kind of gone, you know, people don't really respect him, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is, you know, even like when we did the Avengers films, uh, you know, Tony Stark was kind of a, was a douchebag to him. Yeah, I mean, I I like it because he's like got that surly nature that you don't necessarily get from all the the superheroes. Yeah. and he's kind of replacing Tony as like that, you know, fatherly figure for Peter, because you know, yeah. we saw that in like you know in the Avengers films, and now that Tony Stark is you know, dead, gone, bye. Who's paying Happy's money? You know, salary now. Who knows? Right. He's just I, getting, <laughs> get, I mean, I, get, getting a stipend from Stark Enterprise. <laughs> I think uh, Benedict does a good job here. You know, I think that. Um, this film is really fun because it does combine the two worlds of Spider-Man and, and Doctor Strange, which don't necessarily always um, come together. And I think that that makes this movie really interesting because uh, we get that scene like later on in the movie after Peter has kind of like gone against Doctor Strange wishes 
where we get to see the um the two worlds kind of collide where Doctor Strange brings Peter into his you know his his uh special whatever you want to call it I don't even know uh special like domain inner sanctum yeah <laughs> and uh kind of brings him through that which I always felt was like the really cool part of the first Doctor Strange movie of of going through that and seeing like all of the 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 pretty good CGI effects of you know random physics and uh, cityscapes and things like that that are colliding and um, I I thought that they did a really good job bringing those two characters into the same uh, film and I think that Marvel would do well to kind of take from this uh, film kind of pulling from that and saying like what if we did make other superheroes kind of collide in ways in their in their own individual movies that people don't necessarily expect or or think about i think that that's a really good idea for um you know making new um storylines out of uh the superhero movies instead of just having more standalone movies of the the regular you know the the title superhero um, how can we get other superheroes in that don't necessarily always interact with those um, characters? And I think they do a good job with this with Doctor Strange. And like you said, yeah, Doctor Strange here is really, you know, though he kind of like is sort of cynical about it and reticent about taking on that responsibility. He also does feel like somewhat something of a father figure uh, and and kind of recognizes that in himself too. He's you know like I forget you. Sometimes you're just a kid. You you know you you fought in one of the the most important battles of our time, and yet you're just you're still just a kid trying to figure out the world, going to college and stuff like that. So I do think we get that from uh, from this movie in No Way Home, and I really like that. I think Benedict Cumberbatch does a really good job with that. Um, you know, and and then and then pulling in all of those elements from. Doctor Strange and the mysticism, I think, works really well here in No Way Home. Um, but, like I said, I do place some blame on Doctor Strange for not doing the research and the due diligence. And as Wong said, you know, like, he's like, you know, don't bother me with this shit. But, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> but I'm leaving right now because I've got more important matters to attend to. Uh, but, you know, I do like how in some cases you know dr strange is kind of left to his own devices it's like i don't know what the fuck he's doing <laughs> you know he's back home in the in the inner sanctum doing some fucking shit <laughs> well see that's where like i think like that's where i think like the whole i mean it i mean it doesn't you know go with this film but i think that's where the whole kind of you know the issue is with the original film, with him going from, like, you know, a total novice throughout the entire film and trying, you know, to figure out who he is, going from Stephen Strange, you know, to Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, like, again, he goes from a novice, and at the very end, all of a sudden, like, he, oh, he's, he's the master, you know, if, if we still had at this point, like, maybe you don't make at the end of, like, Doctor Strange, like, oh, he's the Sorcerer Supreme, Make him like he's like a oh he's like a journeyman like sorcerer right now, trying to figure out, you know how to become a better you know sorcerer, but he just happens to have the time stone. Then this would make like all these like kind of things you know like kind of fit better. Mm -hmm. You know here by this point again he's you know he's the sorcerer supreme, 
He's, you know, a powerful wizard that people, you know, know. that, And he knows that he's got great magic. So he's, like, you know, assumed to be a master at this point. And that kind of, you know, uh, you know, just him being, like, kind of slipshod and slapdash with, like, you know, his spell in this is kind of, you know, it'd be more forgivable character-wise if, you know, uh, he was still, like, a journeyman of a character. Yeah, yeah, that that is true, you know, because it does make him seem sort of like an expert here. And then making these, like, what I guess I would consider rudimentary mistakes. And not only that, but also the fact that he doesn't still really understand the multiverse that well. Because he even says in this movie, you know, the multiverse is something that we don't really understand that well. Um, it, it's just kind of a thing that we know is out there, but we don't really get the whole picture. Um, you know, shows like... He, I don't know. He's both a master and an amateur at this. And I think that's kind of an interesting take. And I'll be interested to see what Dr. Strange, uh, the sequel does with, you know, how he understands his, um, his role and his, his newfound powers, because I do think that the, they want to have it both ways that, yeah, he makes mistakes, but he also knows like the most intricate spells that only, you know, masters of the trade should know. So, yeah, I don't know if that necessarily works. It doesn't bother me too much in this movie. Um, but I do think that it ushers in probably the most interesting element to the Spider-Man movies that we've seen thus far, which is bringing all three of the universes of Spider-Man movies that we've gotten together. I think that's a really creative way to deal with the multiverse because the multiverse is um, can be in some capacities... Uh, difficult to understand for laymen who aren't really associated with comics. Um, and it can be difficult to try to um, explain it all in a truncated version in one movie. But it's I, a great, it's, it's a great idea and a great thing that like an editor came up with like, oh, shit, we got all these like, you know, vintage classic characters and stuff and like different ideas we want to. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do we do it? I know. It's a different universe. In which I appreciate the idea. It's also one of the many reasons why I have never gotten great into comics. Because there's just too much... Too much of a dearth to get through. Mm -hmm. Of like... What's actual continuity and what isn't? Go. Yeah, I mean, I think this brings it all together with the continuity because... Yeah, there was somebody who sat down and said, whoa, you know, we, we've got, the public knows we've got three different Spider-Men now, right? We've, we've, had, we've had three different franchises. We've had the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, we've had the, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man, um, and then we've had this new Spider-Man. And, you know, that's, that kind of plays into the, game, the meta universe of, of uh, filmmaking, where we, instead of kind of getting rid of that, you know, just throwing that all out the window... Instead, they bring it all together and they say, you know what, what if we just brought them all together and and that explained the multiverse and we can explain why each of these different Spider-Men have different things going on in their plotting because they are all different Spider-Men in different universes. I think it's it's an ingenious way to deal with that. It's incredibly fanficy, but at the same time, like, like an idea, like, when you think about it, it's kind of like, well, son of a bitch, how come... No one's thought to do this on a film before, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think like you said, it is fanficy. It 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 does you know speak to the people that love memes and you know that it literally brings some memes together. You know, in in this movie too, you know, there's multiple parts where you you could like point to the screen and be like, he said the phrase, he said the <laughs> phrase, you know. Um, but but at the same time, like I think it's really ingenious that they brought this all together. I and not only that, but you know, just thinking about the logistics of getting everybody back together, you know, like, just, you know, if I were Tobey Maguire, I'd make them throw some money at me, right? I'd be like, yeah, sounds like a cool idea, but I'm kind of busy. I got stuff going on. <laughs> they probably like, well, did. What if he we had another zero? And I'm like, mm-hmm. he probably did. He probably didn't even ask for anything. Like Toby, here's a bag of. They're Disney, for <laughs> God's sake. Yeah, no, but I, I, I mean, I. I I think that the logistics of getting all these people together, getting Willem Dafoe back, getting, you know, I just think that it's really cool in general. And that's why, in part, why I had so much fun with this movie. Not just because the movie itself is fun and has a really interesting idea for applauding with all of these characters where, um, you know, you have multiple supervillains here. But not only that, but just the fact that we were able to get all these people together. And, co- and come back for this movie, I think is really a cool um, wrap-up to the Spider-Man trilogy that we've seen so far from Marvel. Um, and again, it just shows why Marvel's decision-making, their their uh, phases, their you know the storylines that they're they're going with, um, just works so much better than DC. Because just try to just like think about Justice League. How much fun should Justice League? We always come back to this, but how much fun should Justice League have been to see all these favorite superheroes come together? Should have been a lot of fun. It wasn't that fun. And well, it was slapdash because you had half the team being introduced right. in the fucking film. Right. And then <laughs> and then think about this movie, which takes so much, pulls from literally decades of Spider-Man lore. It just works so much better. Um, and and it it just shows like how much thought has gone into this franchise. Um, I think they did a really good job of that. And I love the fact that they get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to come back and really portray very different Peter Parkers. Um, Even to, you know, um, you know, this iteration of Peter Parker, um, you know, they're all very, very different despite playing a fairly like pretty much the same type of character. Um, they all do it a little bit differently, and I think they, you know, that that really comes out here, um, and works really well in No Way Home. I think it's like to go to to talk about the supervillains here. We often have said um, in like other superhero movies that we talked about where you waste uh, supervillains um, in scenarios where like there's two or three supervillains in the movie. And that sort of feels like a waste where you're not giving one of them enough attention. Here we do have. It's, it's, I say it's. it's I say it's usually like the sequels because usually yep. the first one always starts off basic. Like we'll put one villain in, and then the second one they add usually like there's two main villains, mm-hmm. and then by the third they add three or four, and it gets like too too cumbersome. And it's like okay, like you should have just stuck with like one, <laughs> right? So here we don't really have that problem. We have multiple supervillains. 
But we've seen them before, and I, I like the fact that it brings them together, and it's like, let's find a... Let's find a solution to this because, you know, as it stands, they're just going to get murdered in their their universes. And that doesn't seem like, <laughs> you know, a thing that a Peter Parker should be fond of. So let's find a different way. Um, so I think it's interesting that they decide to try to fix these supervillains. Um, you know, that there are inherent flaws in each of them. That they need to find like a tech solution to uh, fix the reason why they are a supervillain in the first place. Um, what, what what did you think about that? Like like the the act of fixing a supervillain. So uh, if spoilers. So if you're not um, we didn't cover it, but I just want to cover it real quick before we get into that. So after Doctor Strange casts a spell, of people. We want to like forget who Peter Parker is. It rips a hole into the multiverse, and that's how you get all these villains and previous uh, different Spider-Mans into this universe. That's how that happens. Because Peter fucking up the spell by like trying to change it a thousand times is strangest casting. Fine with, and you get the really when you get the really cool reveal of like when. Uh, Peter's trying to talk to the MIT like admissions person on like the Throg's neck or whatever the hell. And we get to see Doc Ock show up. That's fucking awesome because Doc, especially because I am and I understand the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films haven't aged terribly well. I still love them. Like especially Spider-Man 1 and 2 and like Willem Dafoe as Doc Ock and uh, I mean, as as Harry, as the Green Goblin, and with uh, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, you know, I still I've I've seen you know Spider Man one two a billion times, but so like the whole idea of like reforming, changing villains, um, I'm fine with the idea because it's something that's been always persistent in like the in DC with like Batman stories. It's, you know, always been, like, kind of, like, his out as, like, why doesn't he, like, try to kill his supervillain gallery? It's because he's always, you know, he errs on the side of, you know, trying to reform them, change them. Um, it's more prevalent, you know, mainly prevalent. I mean, again, I can't really comment on the comics, but in, like, the Batman, the animated series, and the Justice League, and so on. In the Timverse, it's, you know, it's always been, like, kind of, like, a... A point. So I'm fine with that. And I think that's, you know, really good. Because if you think about it, like, okay. Why are the, most of these people, when you relate to Spider-Man, like Doc Ock, Harry Osborn, why are they villains? Well, we know why they're villains. Because we've seen the films of how they became villains and, you know, took on Spider-Man. So this Peter's like, how can I change that? I get that. And I like that. Because, again, it's like, you know... It's thinking outside the box instead of just trying to have him fight all these, you know, this menagerie of villains. He's trying to, you know, change them. Totally fine with that. Um, however, I think at the same time, it kind of in a way bastardizes the other Peters because I don't think the other Peters were ever like, you know... It wasn't kind of like a point to kind of be brought up. You know, it's just like a traditional like hero versus villain 
you know, so it makes kind of like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield look stupid. Well, it because also makes it, them look because like because this not. I was say because this Peter, you know, like oh, I got the cure for everyone right here, you know, like because like uh, this MacGuffin, the Stark Industry Box that can power all this shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, it also makes them kind of look like they didn't try to to do this sort of thing. They they were really only concerned with dominating them and. At- Which makes sense because they're supposed to be high schoolers, so like their depth of like you know thinking, which is kind of the critique of this film of this Peter, because when Strange, like again, like the funniest thing, like the whole part where Strange is like casting the spell and then he contains it because it's getting out of hand, and he's like, well, you can always ask them for you know forgiveness and to try to change their minds, and he's like, oh, you can do that, and he's like, you didn't call them. You didn't even fucking try that. You can't, your first thought was to come here and ask me to do a fucking like that part's amazing. I love like that like that part right there is like oh Doctor Strange is the best. But again, like I, I, again, I understand like because they're all supposed to be like high schoolers, but at the same time, it's like kind of like everyone looks foolish in the process. Yeah, and and not only that, but it does really make the the other two Peter Parkers look bad, and and in, and for good reason. I mean, one of the reasons being that they have apparently in their universes kind of hit like their their low, right? Because because Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider Man, you know, lost Gwen. He had to see her die, and um, Tobey Maguire's lost Ben, and they were both very upset about that, and they've kind of like gone through the paces of being spider-man and what that means and mostly it most of the time it means a life of loneliness uh, misery because either you you literally cannot stop because crime is always happening uh so you can't have like a regular normal life outside of that um or you can't have a family or someone you care about because villains always use that to their advantage uh, so your, you know, your relationships kind of suffer from that. So they both kind of have that sort of PTSD of, you know, I tried it. It didn't work that well. Um, but you know, I've, I've made do in my life and, um, you know, I've got the best that I can do. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I mean, I think it makes sense that like in their particular universes, there are times where these supervillains might end up dying from the extent of their injuries or something. And that's kind of what this movie gets at is like, if we let them continue on the, the path that they're going, then that's, what's going to happen. But if we fix them and in, in part two, fix Spider-Man fix, uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and fix Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a little bit too, uh, by giving them like some sort of brotherhood in this movie. Um, we can prevent that in the other universes too. I think it's an inter- interesting idea. Um, I don't know that it entirely works, uh, but I was engaged enough to go along with it. And I like the fact that we get three different Spider-Men with three different suits working together and also understanding the we- fact that, like, oh, we're not really good at this. Like, we don't normally fight together with other people. Uh, we're not good at, you know, doing the whole team thing. Um, I thought that worked, that was pretty interesting because, you know, obviously in, in this universe, uh, our Spider-Man has fought in the, the Avengers. The other universes, they don't really impede on any other Marvel heroes. 
So they don't have any knowledge of anything else that's going on in the Marvel Universe, which I thought was uh, another interesting meta commentary on, you know, the other two franchises. Um, we didn't talk about Aunt May. Do you want to talk about Aunt May? Or do you no. want not want to talk about Aunt May because it's too fresh for you? It's, it, it hurts. Yeah. It's, it's, she just had to say the line. She had to say the line, yeah. When she delivered the with great power line, you knew. You knew. Had to be coming. Smoking gun. She was dead right there. That's right. That's right. By the way, this Spider-Man, if there was any, if there was any critique to have of fucking Tom Holland's Spider-Man, stop putting your friends and family in danger, you son of a bitch. Why are you dra- dragging Zendaya and Ned and all of that and Aunt May off to the battlefield? Keep him at home. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> with you know, like, and he tried. He's, I guess he's like, he, he's so so he sows so much of his own misery. <laughs> that is true. Like he kind of puts, you know, he puts them in danger. Like especially, well, I mean, I guess Aunt May in some parts asked for it. She, you know, she was she was kind of like, well, we can fix them. So you know, let's go do it. But yeah, probably don't like probably don't bring him to Happy's apartment with her. You know, just in case. I mean, just look at Willem Dafoe's face. And you just just look at it. And you're like, okay, maybe he's up to no good. I do really like how in this movie, the film is just like, you know what? Fuck the Green Goblin mask. I'm not doing the Green no, Goblin mask. No, because you know what? You want to know why? Because when he, after he breaks the mask, which again looks, when you compare it to like today, like, because they have like the original Green Goblin mask from... Sam Raimi spider. It looks so fucking stupid, mm-hmm. but it's so awesome. But again, you don't need that mask because Willem Dafoe, when he's like run, hobbling around on his little flying scooter, throwing bombs with the hood up, that looks menacing enough as it is. Like yeah. you didn't need, you don't need the mask. He doesn't need the mask. They just because he's got the it. he's got the facial expressions to do it all. Right. And you know that that's awesome, you know, and that's one like that's like the high parts, like those are like the high parts of the film, like you know, seeing Willem Dafoe, at, at, you know, the Goblin in this timeline, you know, seeing Jamie Fox as Electro in this timeline, seeing you know, uh, Doc Ock. I also that's really, the great parts of the film. I also really like the fact that um, you can see how much the CGI has improved since the original Spider-Man movies. Cause just like even the, um, green goblin, um, whatever those are like the, the explosive balls that he throws, like just so much better than even the Sam Raimi Uh, version. Do you remember the Sam Raimi, what happens to them when they die? I don't. They turn into like the skeletons, and they look so fucking. <laughs> they look right. like just, like skeletons you hang up on your wall, just like you know. This, like how much the CGI has improved is is amazing. I will say that there are a couple instances where the CGI in this movie is not all up to snuff. Um, well, there's the, a lot. The like one, the one time when, f- when Tobey Maguire is wearing his you know youth pastor outfit, and <laughs> they have him um, jumping down the the building like the where he was standing up on top of the building that cgi looks pretty suspect because it's hard to cgi like a real person like that um but i think like the cgi is really really good because it has such like um 
depth to it. Like, like it's, I don't know. How do you, how do you describe it? It's, it, it has like, just like a weight to it that, that, that feels real. But at the same time, there are a few scenes that do suffer from, um, like the, the noticeable CGI-ness of like awkward movement or, um, stale, like, like effects on the person. The one in particular that I noticed too was the green screen behind Doctor Strange on the train when he's standing on the the subway train that's going through like the cityscape mm-hmm. and like his his cape is barely moving in the wind and stuff like that. Um that that well, I think like I, makes it noticeable, but Well, I mean I, th- also... I think that's always been a, like a problem with these films yeah. though. It's like there's just so much going on where they're going to do CGI and you know they have the money to do it. Like it's just like it is taxing at some point. Like you would you, you would almost, you know, I respect John Waters like recent interview where he's like, yeah, you know, the cheap effects kind of look, you know, I find it more endearing cuz even though it's like very good CGI overall, it's like 20% like 30% of the film that you're watching is, you know, an actual movie the rest of it's like an animated feature yeah right <laughs> yeah it, it does remind sometimes of just like oh i'm playing a video game like you know the the spider-man video game um it, it is a lot of that sort of thing so out of all the villains to come back who who and i know who it is but who were you like bet like happiest to see like yes like i was definitely happiest to see willem dafoe as green goblin i i, I really love um, how he plays that. I, I, it's hard to imagine anybody else playing Green Goblin besides Willem Dafoe. And I think that's one of the reasons why if they if the if the plot for this movie required Green Goblin, they were just like, well, who else? Well, like, they would have... You'd have to do it now. You'd literally... Like, this whole idea you'd have to do, like, now. Because if you wait, like, two more years, like... I'm not saying Willem Dafoe, Dafoe's old or, like, Alvaro Molina, but they're old enough to where, like... It, if you put him in, you'd, well, Willem Dafoe is almost 70, so yeah, it's right, still, right, right. You, you know. There's a risk, right? Like, you don't want to wait too long because there's a risk that at some point they may eventually die and you won't have that ability to make this movie. I, I do think that that's, you know, that, or that is one co- of the reasons. Or they'll come off as too decrepit, you know, like, oh, that's yeah, not Yeah, right. And I don't think that we get that from um, Willem Dafoe. I don't think he really looks decrepit in any way. Um Alfred Molina is also he's sixty eight. He, he looks, you know, looks like very the, good. The height of vitality. Uh, Jamie <laughs> Fox too. I mean, hasn't really changed that much. Um, so I think God, like, he, and I was saying he hasn't aged today. The yeah, he's like fitness fifty five years old. He still looks like Jamie Fox and Ray. I mean, so I think now is the time to do it, and uh, he did a really good job with with bringing that together. Um, you know, I do think that. You know, it would be really hard to imagine a different a different Green Goblin um, besides Willem Dafoe. So that's why they they you know they, they had to bring him back. It's just like J. Well, Jonah Jameson. Like who else are you gonna get? Well, here's I'm glad you brought that up. <clears throat> Missing part of the film. Where is J.K. Simmons as the J. Jonah Jameson from Sam Raimi Spider Man? That's right. I yeah. Because he does reprise a role. He's basically the same guy. I, I would like to have seen that where it was just like, hey, you're you're me. You know, and they're, they're the same guy. Literally. The Who's this guy. asshole? Fire him. I'm just kidding. Hire him. Come here. Come here. Parker. Give yeah. me those pictures. Well, those pictures for Spider-Man. See, I like, I like that is literally the part of the Spider-Man films that's totally missing. I get it because 
newspapers are all but like a forgotten part of, you know, Americana. I get that. At the same time, though, like, that's, like, those, that's, like, half the fun of, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So, it's when J.K. Simmons shows up as J. Joe Jameson, like, God damn it, Peter, give me some goddamn pictures of Spider-Man. How much you want? $20? Ha! Getting 15 Ha! Come here, you're fired. No, come here, you're hired. It is also uh, too bad that the Aunt Mays didn't get to meet. Be like, that's me? <laughs> But I mean, yeah. So that, like that, that's like that would have been great seeing like another J. Joe and Jameson show up. For, you know, like who the hell are you? I no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm J. Joe Jameson, head of the Daily Bugle. Um, let's see. What do you think of the fight scenes in this movie? Yeah, they're okay. It's a weak spot. Um, it's too. Uh, too like fast paced was not like too much happening. Well, I think you know the majority of the fight scenes are actually CGI, right? Like so, yeah. The the entirety of the end of the movie, the conclusion is almost solely CGI. The fights with Peter, with Tom Holland and um, Willem Dafoe are actually probably the highlight of the movie because those are truly like choreographed fights. Uh, the ones in the the apartment building where you know he's getting thrown through multiple windows and floors and shit, um, they those look really good, and the fight at the end where Tom Holland is just beating the shit out of Willem Dafoe uh, looks really good too. But I think like one of the problems is in this movie, most of those are CGI, so it just doesn't Do you- come off as you know as as realistic. Do you think it's wasted that they didn't kill off Tobey Maguire? They te- they teased it for like a split second where where you think you know uh, right, Tom like Holland's gonna... kill Willem Dafoe for you know killing Aunt May and having all that anger and then no. as he's just about to like shove the glider into him Peter you so, know Tobey Maguire saves the day and then he gets stabbed. So here's the thing, I think it would be really interesting if they did kill off Tobey Maguire's Spider Man if they were willing to continue that franchise too right as like an alternate a, universe because i think that would sam be really Ray, interesting sam like, raimi gets a four sam raimi gets a fourth Spider-Man exactly film. right like continue that and then and then pick up from there and say like oh what is this world going to do without a spider-man well of course there's going to be another spider-man somebody needs to step up i think that would be really interesting why can't you have two different get, franchise spider-mans going at the same time there you go you get, that's where you get the, the miles morales exactly like why why can't you um if they were willing to do that which i know they're not because that's just you know like they're they're not willing to have two different franchises of spider-man going at the same time like that but if they were i'd be too taxing it may be but I think that would be a cool idea. To, to no, it, w- it, it would be. But, but like, say, 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 like, for instance, I think this is where it would work. Say, like, for instance, you still had Fox or Sony still own, like, half the rights to it. So it's like, okay, on this year, Disney gets to make this Spider-Man yeah, film. Yeah, and then on this year, they get to do, you know, their own. Like, it's like you know, the Call of like, Duties of Spider-Man, right? Yeah, like, where you're switching between Treyarch and... Mm-hmm. Whoever the hell now, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be interesting, but 
since I know that they're not willing to do that, I think it's fine that they did not kill off Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Because I think that would be too dark for this movie. And I do think that because they're not willing to pursue that, there's really no point in doing it. Um, you know, just let that go back to the status quo. Um, you know, if they were willing to pursue something like very uh, creative, like like maybe even having like a Spider Gwen or something. Um, you know. Oh, there you go. You can spin off to like Spider Woman or exactly Spider-Man. right. Like if they were willing to do something like that on the on the other franchise level. Then yes, I think that it, it would have been a waste to not kill off Tobey Maguire here, and just like, you know, have that be a retcon. But I think because I know that they're not willing to do that, I'm fine with them, you know, keeping him alive and just having that be like a surprise. Um, what do you think about the um the ending that we get? Where, you know, everybody, you know, Peter gets what he he wants, which is everybody forgets Spider-Man, but literally everyone forgets that he's Spider-Man. And so he didn't he didn't write a note down or anything to give to like MJ. Well, like, see, you're taking that really literally that it's just like everyone forgets. But I, with with Doctor Strange being so powerful, I take it as everyone forgets and he wipes out literally no. every trace of him being Peter Parker. No, no, because they they, 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 didn't, they didn't say that. No, I Not know like that, too. That. So, like, there's been this whole, like, to-do for the past couple of weeks about Peter Parker Spider-Man. No one had left open in their thousand tabs of browsers, like, the true identity of Spider-Man on YouTube. And, like, hey, what's this, you know? No, no, no one, like, you know, that's where this film lost me. Buried it better than those Swiss bank accounts that were released and then forgotten about. But, I mean, yeah, no, it's fine. I, to be honest with you, I think the way to set up the next film, I don't think they will do it. But kind of like the ne- next kind of way to set it up is like if you were to do Spider-Man 4. He's lost everyone. He's lost his aunt. He's lost his girlfriend. He's lost his friends. He's lost his teammates. Does this lead into one more day where, like, he meets Mephisto and he makes a deal with the devil, trying well, to get it back? I guess that's a good question. Do you think there's going to be a Spider-Man four? I hope so, because <laughs> I I know that they had intended this as like sort of like a trilogy sort of thing. But I mean, then like, what are you going to have him do? Just I mean, appear in like the next like set of Avengers films? Yeah, he appears in is Sad Boy. But again, also too, like, so like. People still know who Spider-Man is, so he's still a part of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So, like, no one's like, oh, this spider we know who this, this guy on the team is named Spider-Man. He helps us out. Uh, that would be funny, though, yeah, if they're just like, yeah, it's Spider-Man. Like, but we don't know who this Spider-Man is, but he's... So, so we're going to get in, like, the next Avengers film, Ant-Man, you know, Paul Rudd going, it's Spider-Man, Wow. <laughs> I, love, I love Spider-Man. Probably. Spider-Man. Yeah. So so cool. Yeah, I mean I, I don't I don't know. Like I don't know if we're gonna get a fourth movie or not. I think I hope so, because I mean gotta get it while Tom Holland still looks young and Zendaya looks forever young, so I mean they could they could run this forever. Um but I'm I'm in, and again I think they have to because I think to conclude it on 
kind of like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man One, where he's you know at the graveyard, at you know at the cemetery mourning Aunt May, and you know you see uh, John Favreau, you know happy happy there mourning her too, and ask ask him how he knows her and he says through Spider-Man, and you know they have their talk. That's a great little part. I think I think I don't. It's nice that they end it on such a dour... If that's where they leave Spider-Man off and they end on such a dour note, incredibly ballsy, incredibly risky, incredibly bold move, I don't think they'll do that, though, because there has to be, like, another arc to this to where, you know, people get what, you know, their happy ending. Mm -hmm. Because I think... I, I, I don't think Disney... Is capable of just leaving that kind of hanging there. I mean, I did kind of like the downer ending, though. It was just like, you know, where where Peter's like, you know what? He learns the hardest of lessons. No, I I, I like it. it like this, yeah. I I know I like it too, but at the same time, it's I I don't think they have it in them to do it. And I will almost like to see. I I would like to see them continue on. Like, where do we go from here? And that's where, like, you know, again, like, I think introducing, like, maybe having Mephisto be the next villain, making a deal with, you know, and Peter making a deal with the devil. So, like, this time, like, okay, I tried magic, let's let's, let's try a fucking demon. Hit <laughs> it back, or, you know, even more. Mm-hmm. You know, um... Though that wouldn't be an exact take on, like, you know, the one more day story, but, I mean, it'd be, like, you know, implementing, you know, ideas from it. I, you know, I think that would be interesting, you know. Yeah. Well, who knows? Because at, at this point, seeing as we haven't seen Black Widow and Shang-Chi and Eternals, like, what the hell, like, what is, like, the next big to-do in the Marvel Universe after Thanos? I don't know. It's a good question. It's going to be the multiverses, I guess. Because this kind of sets that in motion, and then we're going to get Doctor Strange with the multiverse, and then, you know, I'm assuming some other, some other fallout from that. But... Because we don't even, like I said, we don't even know how Eternals and all that ties in, so. Alright, so, on a scale of 0 to 10, Marissa Tomei deaths. You bastard. What would you give Spider-Man No Way Home? I'll give it an 8 on 10. Um, I feel like I gave the other two, like, 8, 8.5. I would say like I I would say like eight and a quarter, but I, I I don't we don't do that here unless it's Ryan from last episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good it's a very good movie. It's if you think about it, it has a lot of dumb plot points, but it has enough uh, ingenuity in how it like is narratively designed to be interesting. And I think the whole like kind of fan fictiony idea of like what happened if we. You create the multiverse, okay, and then you combine previous iterations into this, you know, with the villains and heroes. It works incredibly well, and it's a great idea. I'm surprised it took them this long to fucking somebody to do it. Um, Tom Holland's great, Tobey Maguire's great, Andrew Garfield's great, Willem Dafoe is fantastic, seals the show. Uh, Alfred Molina's great, Jamie Foxx is great. Um, I love Happy. I love John Favreau. He's always such a delight in these films. Marissa Tomei obviously is great. It's a great film. It's very if you're looking for like you know 
fan service. It's, this is the film for you. It's an it's an entertaining romp, a lot of fun. I will say it is long in the tooth. There's a lot of a lot of like stuff in the beginning that I think kind of could have been like trimmed down because at two hours and almost fucking forty minutes, there's a lot of stuff that kind of either could have been truncated or if they were going to go that long, make it more coherent story-wise. Benedict Cumberbatch, Great Doctor Strange. I can't wait to see his next film, which is going to be the next one in May. Um, as all the Spider-Man films have been since uh, Disney's bought Marvel, they've always been very fun, very entertaining romps. And this is another one. And I would like to see what the conclusion is going to be. If this is it, it's a very somber and dour note to go on for Spider-Man, for Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but it's also it's poignant. It's very poignant. Uh, but at, we didn't talk about we get to see Tom Hardy at the end with Venom and that kind of colliding into this too. So I think with the fact that that popped up and they left a little bit of the symbiote behind, I don't think this is where it's going to end because I think eventually it's going to make his way to Tom Holland's Peter Parker in this. So, but I would say right now eight on ten. It could be an eight and a half. I um I would give this like an eight point seven five. I uh, I really enjoy this movie. I think that it has a like you said a lot of good fan service. It it, it combines all three of the Spider-Man franchises. Um, I really thought that that was a lot of fun. Uh, getting Doctor Strange involved too, I thought was a really good uh, good element to this movie that that I think more Marvel movies need um, to get you know like the standalone characters involved with other superheroes that they generally just wouldn't be a part of um, otherwise. Um, I really liked the fact that we see a more downer note to this movie like it starts off lighthearted, but it really goes kind of kind of dark here um it retains the comedy and i think like you know with the the two different spider-mans toby mcguire and andrew garfield i think they did a really good job um retaining the two the like the different styles of peter parker that they brought to their franchises but ultimately i think this is a darker um spider-man movie than we're we're used to um you know especially considering aunt may's fate in this one um and i i I like that fact i like that it ends sort of like on a downer note that you know instead of you know bringing back his friends and mj and and uh, trying to establish those relationships again um he decides you know what maybe it's better off that i don't they're happy they're they're doing well not knowing me and there's always a danger in knowing spider-man um so i i I like the fact that it does that if it comes back for a fourth movie i'm okay with that and i think that they probably will in some capacity um you're right too i would love to see a mashup with venom and carnage um which is not something that we've seen before because they're they're right now in two different considered like two different universes but i would love to see that um and getting into more of the deeper lore of the Spider-Man comics. But, um, you know, if they left it at this, I would be completely fine with that, too. Because I think that that sets in motion, like, the same ideas of the Spider-Mans from the other universes. That, like, yeah, it's it's, it's hard to be Spider-Man and, and have an outside life. Um, they don't generally mesh. 
but I, I really like what No Way Home does. Um, I think that this is the best of the Spider-Man trilogy that we've seen so far. Um, you know, and I like that they've they've given these voices um, to, you know, the director John Watts, who's been here from the beginning. Um, so if they if they do decide to bring it back, I would be fine with it so long as he directs again and you know uh, they they continue the writing team. Um, but if not, then I'm fine with the ending here. I think it's a, a satisfying way to end the trilogy. So either way, really good good film and. You know, probably one of the uh, the best Spider-Man movies that I've seen. It's not as good as Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man, because it has Nickelback. And they say, here who can save us. Yeah, you, uh, there was a different time back then. A sad time, 9-11 happened. We had to add the, Amer- <laughs> you know, American flag. I'm going to fly on the wings of an angel. That's my Chad Kroger impression, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, what are we doing? Uh, what are we doing next time? I don't know. That's Here a good question. So we've, I think we finally run out of like things that we were like, yes, we've got to get done. Well, we have to do the Batman at some point. Yeah, we definitely do have to do the Batman. Uh, are we doing an Easter episode? Is there an Easter thing to do? Critters too. I've been telling you, Critters too. <sighs> So yeah, maybe we will. Like, and that'll be. I think we'll probably take a break next week, uh, and then come back after that and do Critters too. I think that that would be appropriate. I think that'll be our next episode, and then from there we can decide what else are we going to do. April nineteenth is when the Batman will be on HBO Max. Well, there you go. That kind of works out perfectly. We'll do Critters two. April nineteenth, see the Batman. You know what we should do in the in-between? We should do Adam West's the Batman movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that movie. Um, no, we're, I think we'll pivot away from superheroes after that for a little while. Never! <laughs> <laughs> There's no dearth of superhero movies to cover. At this point, we got more. We covered more superhero films than we have Jallo. So no, no. We, yeah. we've, missed, we've missed the point quite a bit. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for listening to our episode on Spider-Man Far From uh, Far From Home, No Way Home. Um, we are on pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, our home base at anchor.fm. Uh, subscribe to us. Leave us a nice review. That always helps us out. We're on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us on there. Just search for us, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We have an email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. You can write to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. We'll take that into consideration. Uh, and you can also donate to us on our Patreon page uh, at patreon.com slash blood and black rum podcast, or you can donate to us on our anchor.fm page or on iTunes or however you want to donate. Well, we put it back towards beer, so we really appreciate anything you can give our way. So thanks for listening. Uh, we hope to be back in a couple weeks uh, with a new episode and uh, appreciate you staying with us on our show. Take care. <laughs>